Hello, and welcome to the Four Elements of Healthcare podcast, the podcast where we explore healthcare as it relates to the patient's perspective. I'm your host, Vasanth Kankuriam, internist, pediatrician, and mini cupcake baker. Welcome to our first episode. In each of our episodes, we will focus on one of four elements, engagement, education, empowerment, or encouragement. Today's element of focus is engagement, focusing on how people interact with the healthcare system. When I think of engagement, one organization that has a special place for me is Iora Health, in part because I do consider myself still an Ioran at heart, as I've had the privilege of working with Iora Health. I'm so excited to have its CEO and co-founder, Dr. Rushika Fernandopoule, who's also a physician on our show today. Welcome, Rushika. Thank you. It's great to be here, Sam. Thank you. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about um, traditional healthcare and what organizations such as Iora are doing. If you had to summarize to people the difference between what we'll call traditional healthcare, right, to describe the status quo, and some of the disruptors of healthcare, using Iora Health as an example, what are some of those key differences in the experience for the patient? So, the core difference with Iora Health, with I think what a lot of people in healthcare are doing, is that uh, we have decided that the thing we should build healthcare on is relationships and not transactions. So, uh, you know, the current healthcare system, driven a lot by the fee-for-service payment model, is really about sort of uh, doing things to people and then billing for it. You get this document code bill next, document code bill next, and it's very transactional. And I think the core uh, proposition is, last I checked, uh, transactions don't heal people, relationships do. And so what we have to do is get rid of the transactions and rebuild on relationship. Uh, you know, our, our sort of motto, our, our you know, call to action is restoring humanity to healthcare. That's, I think, these relationships are what I think patients want. It's what I think doctors and team members want, and I think it's what leads to better outcomes. So that's what we build, build the whole system on, uh, get rid of the transactions and refocus on relationships. You know, let's talk a little bit more about relationships, right? And people, you know, as you mentioned, you know, primary care docs go to med school to have relationships with their patients, and that's what patients want as well. And yet, you know, if we've looked at some of these studies, you know, particularly one by the American Medical Association, almost 44% of physicians are experiencing burnout. So, right, imagine going through eight years of schooling, another three to seven years of training, wanting relationships, and yet feeling burnt out. So do you think in part Iora success is how those relationships are developed? Yeah, I mean, so, so that, you know, is exactly what caused me to start Iora. So I remember a day 15 years ago, uh, you know, I'm a primary care doc. I was in a practice, an academic practice in Boston, uh, and just seeing sort of 37 patients because they all showed up, even those double-booked, uh, barely time to go to the bathroom, have lunch. They put a new EMR in, so I couldn't have time to write my notes during the day. So I had to spend two hours after work looking at my sprawl pieces of paper and try to recreate my notes. And I had a colleague doing the same thing. Uh, and she said something very profound. She said, Rushika, every day I lose a little piece of my soul. That we went into this to help people and build relationships. People come to us with such big needs. We're able to help them, but I can't in this current sort of system. Uh, and by the way, it's getting worse and not better, right? I think the reason doctors are burning out is because of, you know, someone put it real well, moral injury, because there's this, this complete disconnect between what we know we can do, what we want to do, and what the current system is letting us do. And and that's why, you know, I decided we have to sort of break out and start Iora um, and just 
start from scratch and build a new model. And we were, we were one of the first direct primary care practices in the country because we realized that we had to change the payment model and that, uh, you know, the current insurers at the time wouldn't give us the time of day. So we said, let's just ask our patients. We're going to try and do something very different and give you much more time and not have to do all this other stuff and, uh, you know, let you email and text us and, you know, all these other things, uh, but your insurance is too super to pay for all that stuff. So we need you to support this. And at the time it was $40 a month and to be said, just pay us that and let's get on with it. And so, so I just really do think that the solution, you know, people talk a lot about the physician burnout crisis and their solution often is, I'll teach people meditation or teach physicians, you know, um, coping mechanisms. And I think, no, we have to fix the frigging job uh, and make it doable and get rid of this moral injury. And I think the way to do that is to recenter the job around, you know, relationships. Great. And, and let's talk a little bit about the patient, right? And so you were talking about, you know, what patients want from the healthcare. And there was a, a fascinating article recently in medical economics that was talking about what patients want from their healthcare system. And right, and here, here are their expectations. Number one, online booking. Number two, efficient paperwork. Number three, less wait time. Number four, quick responses to questions. Number five, hospitable waiting rooms. Six, price transparency. And number seven, flexible availability. Now, you're a huge advocate for direct primary care. And looking at what patients want from healthcare, is direct primary care a solution? Yeah, you know, one of the, um, I think finally, so by the way, if you look at that list of things you just said, that shouldn't surprise anyone, you know, if you look at healthcare as a service business, right? So, you know, think about Nordstrom's, or think about any other service business, they do all those things. They don't make people wait, treat them well, have the physical space be nice, return their calls. Like, that's like a no-duh in every, any other sort of service business. Um, but in healthcare, we don't. Why is that? Because I think this sort of third-party payment stuff, the problem is, you know, who do you work for? If you work for whoever signs your check. And in the end, I think of the current sort of fee-for-service sort of payment model, the doctor gets paid by these intermediaries, these health plans. And I think what's great about direct primary care is all of a sudden you go back to working for the patient. So if you are working for the patient, of course you're going to do all those things you just said, because that's what the patient, your customer wants. And if they don't, and you're not doing it, they're going to vote with their feet and go somewhere else, right? That's sort of a direct accountability. Think is really really good now just a little caveat a lot of people say that whoa well, well medicine is different you know and yes it is right so of course our job as doctors not do exactly what people want so a guy wants narcotics doesn't mean we should just write a narcotic script we need to do what people need and it behooves us to teach them that what they need right should be aligned with what they want right and that's our job we're professionals that's why i went to school for so long but but again i think what's great about the direct primary care model is it re-engages this accountability to the patient, and then it makes it much more likely that the patient will get all those things that you just mentioned. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, it's, it's talking about the patient's experiences and, and being able to articulate what patients want and need, right? In our traditional system, the average person spends about 121 minutes for medical care, right? And 37 minutes is getting to their appointment and back. 87 minutes is at the clinic, but yet only eight to 12 minutes was with their doctor. So in the way our, our system is built right now, in those eight to 12 minutes, is it even possible for patients to truly express their needs so that they can be met by the system? Yeah, I mean, really simple question. Like if you go think about it like a cocktail party, you meet someone for eight minutes, can you really build a relationship? The answer is absolutely not. Uh, I think the question also is, 
particularly if uh, the, the items you have to deal with are complex, right? So I think, uh, yes, I think the people would particularly do poorly with the current system and people who actually have healthcare problems, you know, because I think it just takes a lot longer to understand these things and how they interact, et cetera, right? So what happens when you only have eight to 12 minutes, you deal with just the surface, right? And the problem with healthcare is it's really complicated and it's, uh, and it's, and it's wrapped up in your life. Right, so often we say what we have to do is not just fix people's health, but we have to help them fix their lives. That will improve their health, that will keep them out of trouble, right? So, um, and, and there's no way you can understand someone's life in eight to 12 minutes. Just a non, it's an unwinnable game. And by the way, back to the burnout question, the reason doctors are burning out is they know they have been put in an unwinnable game. And so, uh, you know, as uh, things have changed, right, and so let's take Iora as an example, um, you know, patients who have seen Iora not only have fantastic experiences, as noted by NPS scores, but they've also had reduced hospitalizations, reduced ER visits, um, and also reducing a lot of inconveniences. So as patients have embraced these new models of care, what have you found about the way they're interacting with their healthcare teams now compared to the way they did perhaps in, in their traditional experiences before? Yeah, I mean, I, I think two points. You know, one is you're exactly right. Is when you do this sort of relationship-based primary care, we found it is not just better experience and certainly better outcomes, but you make a huge impact on the total cost of care. Right. And, and what's, what's important is that sort of drop in healthcare spending, total healthcare spending is a side effect. And that's exactly the way it ought to be. Right. So um, I think I think it's uh, it's we've been seeing this over and over again. We've I've been doing this for 15 years. There are lots of other sort of direct primary care practices, other sort of value based practices like ours who've been seeing the result, same results, you know, over and over again. Um, and I think really the getting patients better experience isn't fluffy. It's not sort of nice to do. I think it's, it is necessary to do if we want to help uh, improve people's health and then keep them out of trouble. Right, so again, uh, stepping back one second, there's a lot of talk about healthcare and how we improve healthcare in this country. The presidential candidates are all sort of talking about this. And I think often they talk about the wrong thing. They're talking about these epiphenomena. Really, in the end, if we want to fix healthcare in this country, we need to actually simply improve people's health. <laughs> if we don't improve people's actual health, it's all a waste of time. It's just a shell game, moving things around. And I think if you want to improve people's health, you have to do what we've been talking about, which is build relationships, give people enough time, uh, you know, help them actually understand their life and how that it impacts their health and move the needle on all of those. And so, you know, it's, let's say I'm a patient, right? And so, you know, clearly there are folks such as yourselves, um, you know, at Iora Health and over a thousand docs around the country in direct primary care and, and so many other innovators in healthcare. How do I, as a patient, learn about these different ways that I can get care? Um, because I think that's one of the biggest challenges a lot of uh, newer um, uh, entities face is how does the word get out and how do, how do patients get informed that they have options? Yeah, so first of all, it's, it's really important, I think, that, uh, that patients learn about their options because, uh, you know, for two reasons. One is obviously for your own health and your own family's health. And I think all of us, as you've talked about, can really help people do much better. And it's really important. And number two is that's the only way I think we will change the system is with, uh, you know, patients voting with their feet. 
you know, we often talk about Iora as trying to be the Southwest Airlines of healthcare, right? So if you think about U.S. Airlines around 1980, you know, there were high fares, crappy service. Um, what changed, right? It wasn't the government, it wasn't consultants, it wasn't Delta and American and, you know, um, United deciding to get better. It was one thing only, it's new entrants, people coming in like Southwest Airlines, uh, deciding to do things completely differently and much better experience and much lower cost. Um, you know, breaking what people thought were rules. What do you mean the pilot helps clean the plane? Like, you can't do that. Well, why not? Right? And got customers to vote with their feet out of Delta and American, et cetera. That not only gave those customers, you know, a better experience and lower fares, but what it did is it kicked American and Delta and United and all those people in the behind and said, we better start doing this or we're going to get our clock cleaned. Right? And that's what the healthcare system in this country needs. They need uh, individuals to sort of take back healthcare to vote with their feet and do it. So how do you do that, right? So I, I think, you know, you can listen to podcasts like this, which I would put a big plug in for. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I, I mentioned there, uh, there's well over a thousand direct primary care practices in the country. There are a bunch of DPC finders. DPC is the term of art. Uh, you can look on the web under DPC map and you can look at maps of direct primary care practices. You can Google it. Uh, you know, there are companies like ours who are trying to do this similar thing in the Medicare space largely. So again, I think get educated. This is really important. Uh, get educated, uh, vote with your feet, uh, and that will be good for you and will be good for the country. Awesome. Very good. So thank you so much, Rashika, for sparing some time today to chat with our listeners. Um, and I hope uh, all is well at Iora, and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, Fasan. To learn more about Iora Health, please check out www.iorahealth.com. And to find out more about direct primary care, check out these two websites, www.dpcnation.org or www.dpcfrontier.com. And lastly, to learn more about Four Elements Direct Primary Care right here in Connecticut, check out www.4elementsdpc.com. Signing off until our next episode, I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. Stay well and stay tuned as we revolutionize primary care together.